Welcome to the Imperfect Game Podcast. I'm Sean Melia. I've got Both alongside. Both, welcome. Welcome back. Hi, how are you? <laughs> ah, good, good. I'm really good. Um, I'm a little bit apprehensive about this episode, but uh, still was a lot of fun. Um, I just want to say, one, maybe consider, you know, Halloween 2020 for this, for this release of this episode, or also just a... a a sorry to any fans of any clubs that feature on, on this list. Yeah, so we're just going to dump on um, on a bunch of clubs today. That's that's uh, that's our plan. If you are a loyal listener, last week Both and I went through and kind of we created our our dream club using the uh, the ten clubs that we have researched and done our past and present um, little series on. And today we are going to create a nightmare club. So this might be the club that you would wish on your on your worst enemy to have to root for. Um, and we are going to do the same categories and the same rules apply. So once you use a club for one category, you cannot use it again. Um, so we will be picking a city, a stadium, a crest, a nickname, a uniform, a manager, an ownership group and a fan base. Yeah. And uh, we're just going to trash on each of these clubs a little bit. <laughs> and I'm interested to see which ones we left off because we've got eight categories, which means there's two clubs that we uh, we could not touch and include in this. Um, so we'll see. We'll see who they are when we get to the end. Uh, Bot, do you have any anything you want to say before we really jump in? Uh, yeah, um, I think um, prepare yourself for the, the question of which player would be your first your first draft pick. Um, for this list of uh, 11 players that we're going to have on this <laughs> like, like who would be the albatross that you'd want on this yeah. club just to yeah. drag them down further and further into the depths of despair? Some kind of villain or some kind of, uh, I don't know, but bad blood in locker room. Okay. Yeah. I like it. All right, so let's start with where where you would uh, have, your, have your club based. What city... Uh, did you pick both? I actually picked, um, and hear me out before you, <laughs> before you, um, react to my, to my answer, uh, Liverpool. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I picked Liverpool because of kind of Everton's status as, as the little brother. Um, it, I think it's just way too hard to try to fight and compete against a pool side that, I mean, they might be invincible this year they might be undefeated um they're shattering records as we speak um you know they're on the brink of uh two major trophies uh back-to-back years the champions league last year and barring any crazy mishap um a prem title this year uh and you know just like the thought of going into derby day against liverpool your crosstown rivals you're only separated by, I think, a mile. I think you even share the same kind of pipeline for under underground um, field heating. I, <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't um, sit well with me. I think it's a great city. I think it's it's an amazing football city, um, but just the idea of, of having to compete against Liverpool right now is uh, is kind of daunting. Yeah, I guess. So I picked Liverpool as the place I would put my dream club. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I did not consider, or at least I didn't really think about just this year. Um, I was more focused on the city. 
Uh, but that's a fair point. It would be like if you were trying to start a club in Manchester and you've got already two pretty big clubs um, or massive clubs in Manchester's case, and it's it would be hard to to find some ground. Um, interestingly enough, Both, I chose I chose most specifically Crystal Palace's area of London as the place I would put my nightmare club. Okay, it is in the middle of nowhere as far as London goes too far away to really feel like they're in London. They're mainly in a, in a suburb, um, which is named Selhurst. And Mm -hmm. it, it felt a little bit to me like a Foxborough or a green Bay where you're just a little bit too far off the beaten path. Um, and it would be hard to start a club and generate any sort of, any sort of momentum. Um, in in a spot that's supposed to be in a city but isn't really and also kind of what you were saying about london uh, or about liverpool there there are just so many other clubs in the area that you could just be swallowed up if you're not really in the heart of heart of the city um so i chose i chose that part of london i love london it is one of my favorite cities however if i was trying to start a club or i wanted my worst enemy to have a club i would say oh you should start it in in uh, selhurst lovely area <laughs> yeah um, so that's what that's what I went with. Um, and the stadium that they would be playing in would be West Ham's stadium. <laughs> so yeah. I'm just checking off London here and getting it out of the way. Um, that stadium is just just is the one of the group that didn't really interest me at all as I was researching these clubs. Um, I think Walker's is the other one that's kind of new that Leicester city plays in. Um, they were kind of my two finalists that I was deciding between, but West Ham ultimately loses out because it is too big for a club like West Ham. I think, um, it was built for something other than soccer and it has a track that surrounds the field. And most of the energy and juju in that stadium has been relatively negative for West Ham, which I think just adds to the, um, to it's just like my distaste for it. So I chose, I chose West Ham's, uh, what is it? A, L- a London stadium. Yeah. London. Yeah. London stadium is my, is my stadium for, uh, for my worst, for my worst enemy. How about yeah. you? <laughs> the same exact one. Yeah. Uh, London stadium. It's got no history. It, you know, it was built. Um, I think it was operational, uh, May or May 20. I don't know. Like, 2011 or something like that yeah because the olympics were in 12 right Uh, so it you know it's 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 too new to have history um it's too kind of cookie cutter to have any kind of atmosphere it's just um it's a stadium it's a plain stadium i mean the fact that they use it for other events as frequently as they use it for soccer it kind of says a lot about you know um the character and feel of the of the place like you don't really a stanford bridge or a you know, or an old Trafford used for anything else but football, but soccer. Yep. You know, London Stadium is too versatile. It's too, it's too, um, I don't know. It's, it's too modern um, for me. And, you know, as somebody who knows uh, a, a decent amount about moving stadiums and, and the perils of, uh, of that kind of project, um, I just don't see uh, West Ham having enough, um, you know, success on the field to to create that same vibe that they had 
at Boiling Ground or Upton Park, however you, you called it. I mean, could, um, you, could you imagine next year potentially a championship team playing in London Stadium? No, I mean, isn't that yeah, li- isn't that it, likely? Or at least they're, I think they're in the relegation battle right now. Right. So it, it's just it, it, the track around it, it. It doesn't seem like um, you're really going to create like a kind of a not hostile, but it doesn't create this tough atmosphere to, to play in. Um, you're just going to a kind of a, a friendly match. Um, so, yeah, um, London Stadium. Yeah, if, you, not- if you're if you're an opponent taking corner kicks, you uh, you know, you don't want to have stuff thrown at you, but. You want to hear, you, you right. want to be able to hear the fans calling you every name under the under the sky, right? Um, and also, you want your stadium to be uh, known distinctly as a soccer stadium, or at least mainly as a soccer stadium, not a place that is turned into a major league baseball stadium when the Red Sox visit, and right. not a place that uh, I'd say the. The highlight of the stadium thus far is Usain Bolt winning with the gold medal in the 100 meter dash there in 2012. Right. You know, so not a lot of soccer history there yet. So uh, I'm glad we agree on that. Um, let's move on to the crest. Yeah. Cool. So we're both playing in <laughs> in London Stadium. Uh, you've got it in Liverpool. I've got it in Selhurst outside London. What crest is, is your club wearing? Uh, Southampton. Yes. <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, I think it's just, we agree. It, it fits the London, the London stadium vibe of having too much going on. Mm. Um, I mean, I think for me, the, the most pressing question about this crest is who designed this thing? It was a fan. Yeah. But who exactly like, like this man shouldn't be given any more license to do anything in, in, you know, in history. Uh, his name was Roland Paris. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're looking at, I, I'm looking at it right now. It, it's got a, a halo around a ball, a generic ball, some kind of scarf thing, which looks like, like, like a handlebar mustache. Um, and then a tree and then some, and some water and then a flower and then South FMFC. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, it's too much going on. It looks like some kind of high school or middle school collage of, of images. It it uh, it looks like uh, a project that a that a like upper elementary school kid would complete. Yeah. Um, for for school, um, it has so much going on. Do you remember the days playing youth soccer where you would go and play a tournament and you would exchange. Do you ever exchange patches? Yes. <laughs> this is like this is the type of patch you'd expect to get handed from like a town team, like Woburn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it just screams at. It's got it's got so much so much going on. Um, the colors just kind of make it seem youthful as well, and not terribly professional. Um. Yeah, so I, I'm glad we both agree. We agree on that one too. That's great. We yeah. didn't really agree with the Dream Club. This is interesting that our dis maybe our dislikes are closer than our than our likes. Right. Okay. Um. Uh, nickname. So I'm gonna go. I'll go first here with the nickname. Um, unless you have anything else you want to say about the crest. 
Uh, no, it, it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Sorry, Roland Paris, but right. not a great job. Um, Everton's nickname is the one I would mm. I would hand off to a, a a nightmare club. Don't really like the Blues. Okay. Pr- pretty obvious. Um, just as far as like, all right, that's the color. Um, the Toffees is kind of an intriguing nickname, but it's also a name that was earned because of a fan tradition um, and and a and a neighbor who uh, handed out candy um, before matches. So a clever nickname, but of the nicknames that I could choose from, um, this is the least. This is the least impressive. We've got foxes, we got rovers, we have owls and blades, hammers, eagles. Right. Um, so I went yeah. with I went with the blues. How about you? Uh, <laughs> wow, this is this is kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, toffees. Um, I just for me, it's the 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 thought and image of a toffee mascot walking around the ground. Ooh, some like, eyeballs. Yeah, I don't I don't know what like what you know what it would be named. Tom the toffee walking around the like the the ground. It, it doesn't. This is not a mascot. I, I I really don't like inanimate objects as mascots um i don't know so like comparing with yeah like you said wolves foxes eagles blades these kind of you know um they they make you want to be a part of the team like you're now a blade you're a you're you're a fox now um you know once a once a wolf always a wolf kind of thing like that and like the toffee is just like it has a great history and a great connection and great story but i don't think it has enough um, I don't know enough uh, of that soccer feeling. Yeah, it's the it's the worst out of this bunch. Can you think of any other any other Premier League or Championship nicknames off the top of your head that you don't like? Um, Spurs. You don't like Spurs? No, no, just because they're Spurs. Just okay. Uh, That's just more of an Arsenal. Yeah. Um, Do you like the Gunners? Are yeah, you a fan of that one. I, I am, I am, but I actually don't really refer to them as the Gunners. I I refer to them more as the Goons, uh, the kind of a, a play on on the on the vowels, um, and a well earned nickname, well earned nickname. <laughs> uh, the the Gunners is is what um, I am a member of in Boston, the the Arsenal bar in Boston. Yep. Um, and I always talk about you know with my friends saying, hey, like the goons are doing well today or the goons are doing well this, this season, which I don't say too often. Um, but yeah, I mean the, even, even the blues at Chelsea, I think is, you know, yes, they're in like inanimate and, and they're not like a living thing, but it's, it's just uh, more of a professional um, classy vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, does Manchester city have a nickname? Are they just the citizens? Yeah, I mean that one's pretty bad too. Yeah, it's like everyone. Come on, guys. Right. I don't. I don't refer to the to United as the Red Devils. No, they're they're more the Reds. Yeah, I think. Yeah, they're they're more the Reds. Um, Liverpool. Liverpool Liverpool doesn't have a nickname. Reds as well. The Reds. Reds as well. Um, I mean, you could call them like I guess like. I don't know. Klopp's army or Scouse has been kind of uh, revived in in recent years. Um, the cop, the cop army. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, 
they they had the Phoenix, but normally calls them the Phoenix. Is that a? I don't think that's a Phoenix on there. Is it? No, it's like a. It's some sort of Liverpool. It's a. It's a. It's a liver bird. It's a mythical creature, which is a symbol of Eng, of the English city of Liverpool. Uh, it's normally represented as a cormorant and appears as such on the city's arms, in which it bears a branch of laver seaweed in its beak, as a further pun on the nickname Liverpool. So it is a is a cormorant. Cormorant. Okay. Yeah. And it has a branch of laver seaweed in its beak. Wow. Yeah. So the laver I, the laver is the the river that runs through Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Okay. So that like that's a. Uh, it's, I, I kind of like the look of their of that crest and that mascot, but uh, yeah, I don't think they have really like ownership of of, a, of an actual nickname. So nicknames are a strange thing over there. We we use them so often in the United States, right? It is how we refer to most teams, and then over there, it's not. Yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna pick a nickname, it, it, you gotta do better than Toffee or Citizen. Yes, yeah, Citizen is bad. That might be the worst. Um, let's go, let's talk about uniforms. Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, Wolves Orange. Uh, okay. Off the bat. It's, it's, um, I don't know. It's a blend of like mustard and traffic cone. Um, I can't really see it or I don't know. Is it, it's the Wolves Orange or Wolves kind of yellow. Um, but I can't see it, uh, you know, on a European night. They might qualify for Europe. They might qualify um, to go play in the, in the Europa or even, I mean, who knows, the uh, Champions League this uh, the coming year. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got a little bit too much going on for me. Um, the sponsors don't really sit well uh, on, the, on the jersey, on the shirt. Um, and just the, the image of the entire stadium wearing that, that one color is, is a bit revolting. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not my it's not my favorite. It's not the one I picked, but I'm looking at it right now. It is. It's not quite. It's like a mustard, not like a yellow mustard, but that like, I don't know, Dijon mustard kind of yellow. It's right. just not. It's not a. It's not a color that I, I like. I never liked playing teams that were yellow. No. Um, yellow and orange both are are like two te- colors that just don't appeal to me as um as colors for sporting for like uniforms. Yeah. Just they're very difficult to make, to make work. I think you got to have a good accent colors and black black's a good accent color for most things, but it doesn't salvage this. <laughs> it doesn't salvage this one. I mean, like I'm thinking about Holland and, and their jerseys. They've got a really nice shade of blue that, that comes on and like makes it a little bit classier. Yep. Um, yeah. Like Clemson, um, they are they are all about the orange, but they accent it with with that purple, right? That I that I like a lot. Um, maybe that's the Holy Cross person to me. Syracuse is all, it can be a lot too, but they they do a good job dulling it, right? Um, yeah, it's it's uh it it doesn't for me it's it's not that it's 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 hideous. Um, it's just that it doesn't. I don't know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't look like something that uh, I would want to go out and grab. You know, if if I'm if I'm looking at next year's jerseys. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like, 
you know, I, I was very close to picking uh, Blackburn for, for this for this uh, category here, but I, I saved that card uh, for later. Um, Blackburn is gross too, uh, but this is this this is I don't know. It's, it's not it's not classy enough. Yeah, I so I went with Leicester City. Okay, um, because it just it feels so generic, and considering I chose the Blues as my nickname, it fit with the uh, with that with that connection. So. Um, it's just, it's not, I like, I like blue, I like blue uniforms, but Leicester city doesn't do, it doesn't do much as far as just anything that's interesting. Um, I think they fit in, like you turn the TV on and you could see a blue uniform and you could run through like four teams that it could be, at least with wolves, you know, it's wolves (laughs) when they're on the TV. Um, so that's why I chose Leicester city. Did you... Have you seen Manchester City's away or third uniform this year? It's like yellow, and they were wearing it this past weekend. If you watch their game, uh, it's the worst uniform I think I've seen in, oh, in a very it's, it's very the, long like, time. It's, it's like a mint yeah, green it's, and it's orange. The right, it's like when you choose that that gradient on, on a PowerPoint. Yeah. It's like oh yeah, when yeah. when a design a an eighth grade you know powerpoint on cellular biology and have it kind of transition in and out of slides like that yeah it's 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 not good it's not great that that's the that's the price of changing uniforms every year is you, you just there are some years that that the uh the designer just misses out completely and manchester city they should be banned an extra year from the champions league for wearing that <laughs> i think make it three years let's do it uh, <laughs> you might <laughs> Uh, how about your uh, your? I'll give my manager first. I had to Google this guy. Okay. Um, I could name most of the managers that we've talked about, um, but Tony Mowbray was one I could not name. He is the Blackburn manager. Yeah. Okay. Um, and mainly, I picked him because I couldn't name him, and right. it feels like there's actually a bunch of good managers in this crop of teams that we have talked about, and. Maybe Sheffield Wednesday would be um, another one that I don't think I could name, but they they needed uh, they needed a place right. for uh, for me to talk about too. So I went with with Tony Mowbray. Okay. The only thing I know about Tony Mowbray is his name is Tony Mowbray. Wow. Yeah. So kind of like yeah, I mean, he's a name that that for me kind of popped up a little bit and just kind of like watching. Um, the championship here and then, um, I, you know, I, I know of him. Um, I know that he's kind of this, like, I don't know. He's your typical kind of UK based coach. He's got, um, experiences in and around the UK as a player. He seems like, like, like a guy who eats once a day and like, just, it's just like English breakfast and he's done for the whole day. Um, he's just like a straight up English guy, you know, some blood sausage, some eggs, some, some beans, a toast and a coffee. And then that's it. He'll, he'll see you again for breakfast tomorrow morning. Off to the farm. Yeah. Off to the farm or off to go, you know, play a, a four, four, two flat, uh, you know, flat back four, everything flat, get, get down the wing, cross it in (laughs) and, and, you know, and just shout and scream when when you're not putting in enough uh, studs up challenges and 
kind of calling you soft at halftime. He's an English guy. He's like he's what I imagine as you know as a, a typical championship guy. Um, so so yeah, um, I I I hear that and trust me again. This this was also tough to not pick Blackburn, um, but I had to save that card um, for for later. Uh, for me, my choice was uh, surprisingly Roy Hodgson. Whoa. Yeah. I have deep respect for this man. I, I had a lot of fun looking up um, his history and telling his story, and I think he is going to go down as, as one of the legends. Um, he's a man who, uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast on, on his episode on Palace, um, please do. He, he deserves a lot more credit than, than he gets. Um, he's a man who managed, uh, you know, at, at Inter, um, and had the likes of Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo on, on his team. So he's got some definite experience, but for me, the choice to pick him was because he is aging. Um, and right now I don't think Palace are in a position where they, they can kind of build off of his own, his, his foundation. He, he's done enough to sustain them, done enough to, to get them to stay and stabilize. But I don't know if there's a, a concrete plan in place in terms of transitioning out of the Hodgson era. Um, he's aging, his squad is aging, and there's no real sign of projects to revive or rejuvenate. It also never seems like anyone who has Hodgson managing their team is really enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's just like, again, like he's got experience and I think I would love to sit down with him and kind of pick his brain uh, on, on all things uh, involving managing and coaching. But um, I, it doesn't seem like he's a, a a player's manager. You know, I mean, not to harp on and on about about um, modern coaches, but, you know, even with, without mentioning uh, the man in, in glasses and a hat in Liverpool – you look at Simeone at at Madrid. He's he's got this passion. He's got got these players, you know, ready to to play for him and, and, and play for the badge. Um, they love they love seeing his reactions and and his kind of gestures on the sideline. They they, they love seeing the all black outfits every single day. Um, you know, you look at you look at even Mourinho. Mourinho's got you know some really good friends that are former players. He's He's seen hugging Frank Lampard, John Terry, Drogba. Um, the players love Mourinho back at Chelsea, uh, and to this day, they consider him a kind of a father figure. Um, you know, I mean, Wenger's known as Uncle Wenger. Yeah, <laughs> Sir Alex Ferguson. You know, um, everybody calls him a, a, a father figure, and you've got even Roy Keane, who I think is as hard nosed as it comes. Uh, you know, giving his respect to, to Sir Alex Ferguson as, as, a, as a man in the locker room. And for as skilled as he might be, Roy Hodgson doesn't, doesn't kind of bring that same sentiment to me. Yeah, he's, he's like the distant uncle. Right. He's just right. kind of a guy. He shows up. He's never, he's never anywhere for a, very, a long enough time to really build those relationships. And he helps teams avoid relegation. And then once they've done that and they want to go – kind of in a I don't know moving up isn't fair but be dynamic uh Hodgson is not the guy yeah I mean the 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 term Hodgson ball um has a negative connotation to it and it's it's kind of just safe 
uh, ball. It's not exciting. It, it won't really bring that many results. Um, it's just kind of a, a, a patch job, really. Um, and I say this with as much respect as I can for, for Roy Hodgson. I think he's 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 great um, for what he does. But if you're looking at like a you know a, a dream club versus a nightmare club, he might be the guy that kind of just keeps you there. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. How about ownership? That that was easy. Uh, Venkies. You want Venkies? I yeah. couldn't go Venkies because I used Blackburn as for my manager. Right. Uh, I mean Venkies. Like like these guys, the owners know nothing about football. They they are so out of touch with football that they had to hire somebody who they thought they knew about football and they, and they don't. Um, you know, I mean, obviously that that commercial with the chicken and the poultry, uh, having you know the great Ryan Nelson um, from New Zealand uh, being that commercial is, is a shame. Uh, a man, a man so kind of known for for his football uh, history is just I don't know subject to, to this. Um, they they're perpetually losing money. Um, they're in debt right now. They, they don't know how to climb out of it. They have no real plan to climb out of it. Um, they just don't really seem like savvy business owners uh, by any means, not even just looking at the soccer side, you know, in terms of like hiring a sporting director, hiring a, you know, a, a new staff of, of scouts. They just, they're spending money that they don't have. Um, and it doesn't take an owner or, you know, any kind of, I don't know, advanced degree person to know that if you don't have this money, you can't spend it. Um, it just, yeah, it, it doesn't have a, a clear business plan to, to move forward. I don't know how they're not, you know, called into court right now. I mean, if City's getting called into court, I don't know how, how Blackburn's avoiding avoiding this, uh, this, I don't know, it's in- inevitable right now. Problem. Yep. Well, I went with uh, another team, middling in the championship Sheffield Wednesday is the uh, like if you're not going to pick Blackburn it feels it feels like the the other option um they are owned by uh Chancery who is a Thai businessman um we talked about him a lot in the group a lot when we did our Sheffield Wednesday pod and in the summer they sold they sold Hillsborough to themselves Right. <laughs> to clear off a bunch of debt and look like they are were in the um, actually made profit over the course of the year by like two million euro, uh, pounds, I think. Uh, so they the stadium was sold for thirty eight million pounds and they were in debt thirty six million pounds, which is pretty much like you're going to lose points and get into some trouble with uh, with English football. And then suddenly they're like, no, we we made two million pounds last year. <laughs> um, they're on the brink of losing, what, 10 points, getting a deduction, which could really uh, make it hard for them to uh, stay up in the championship either this year or if it's, uh, if it's something that happens this next summer and they start next year with negative 10 points. Um, so I, I, f- I feel like... That's um, that's the that's the other group that you have to go with. I use Blackburn for my manager, and Sheffield Wednesday just makes too much sense as the second one. Another foreign money, like we talk about all this foreign money, and some of it's good, and some of it is is really bad. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. You did a good job breaking all that down on our, on the pod. I would <laughs> recommend people going back and listening to it. Um, fan, fan base. I have to be honest, Both. I couldn't pick one. Ooh. Okay. Um, I, all right. I, I was left with, I was left with Leeds and Sheffield United. Leeds yeah. was my fan base that I picked for my dream club. They're amazing. Um, yeah. and Sheffield United, is not worthy of this of this uh of this title at all. Mm-hmm. We talked to you picked them as your as your fan base. Yeah, Chip Buddy. Um, yeah. the Chip Buddy and right. the, the singing um which I've been whistling around my apartment since we recorded our last podcast. Right. So I could not I could not land on one. If I was going to pick one out of the group, if you were kind enough to give me a second choice, it would be Blackburn's fan base. Yeah. Um they just they just don't seem like they're really up for any sort of uh of struggle so not filling the stadium but maybe that's maybe that's the right thing to do who knows yeah uh i actually for me um am gonna pick uh sheffield wednesday for this one okay it i my kind of thought process behind this was to pick the angriest fan base the the fan base that is just disgruntled and has never seen success um you know a fan base that sees sheffield united um up in the prem uh potentially qualifying for for europe uh, under chris wilder who's got his center backs flying up the wing playing a really attractive brand a really kind of daring and bold uh you know bit of soccer i mean like you know in this age of kind of positional play where pep guardiola is you know kind of the 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 godfather of of this new modern concept of you know having his fullbacks get higher and tuck in to become kind of center midfielders and defensive mids to to block off any potential counterattacks you've got chris wilder who is asking his center backs to make an overlapping run and if you don't know soccer center backs should never make overlapping runs um uh over anybody but yet it works it works for, for sheffield united um, and it's produced a lot, a lot of goals to, to the point where um, a website called Stats Bomb um, has picked up on it and has kind of broken down their attacking tendencies. Um, and it's really good for a club that sh- should be in a relegation battle or bit table at, at best, but they're actually going going after it. And so you look at you know you're looking at Sheffield United, and then you look at what we have at Sheffield Wednesday. It's oh like you're you're, you're bound to get mad and yeah i mean not for nothing but i imagine that that the chip buddy on the wednesday side is just soggy it's it's not you know it's not crispy it's not good um moldy bread moldy bread uh <laughs> maybe rye or pumpernickel instead of <laughs> white instead of a white you know white bread i mean it doesn't fit and the fries may be like old or like those uh uh orida bag fries from like the frozen section yeah um they also they also have which was not their fault but they you know hillsborough right and that kind of the they had nothing to do with that but they show up every every week to a stadium that um is is drenched in sadness yeah yeah so that, that was that was my pick um 
more just because this this fan base out of all of all of the other ones that we have on the pod hasn't really seen any any success or has you know any kind of uh, hope for success um, in the near future. Um, you know, like Palace is in the Prem. Yes, they're not you know uh, bringing home trophies, but they're in the Prem, and that and that does a lot of of good for the fan base. And Wednesday don't they have, yeah. have any of that. So yeah, that's my pick. All right, that's a good one. Um, well, that's all. That's all. Who who did you leave on the table? Leeds. Uh, I, I I had to respect Leeds. Um, I couldn't I couldn't touch Leeds in any kind of way. Um, they're a club that I think are are going up. I'm they're for sure going up. We're gonna be wearing Bielsa Leeds jerseys come you know come uh, come June. Um, and then also I I have left uh, Sheffield United. Um, and that was just more kind of process of, of, of elimination, um, picking around, kind of seeing what fit where. Yeah, Leeds right now is in second place as we record this in championship. They're seven points behind West Brom. With the, they had, they do have a game in hand, so they could they could cut it to to four points. But West Brom is rolling. The Leeds has Nottingham Forest on its heels. They're three points behind, but again, they have a game in hand, so. If Leeds can win, win their next game, they stretch that lead to six, and that's uh, that's a it's not comfortable. It's never comfortable in a championship, but uh, it's going to be a really awesome race for those top six spots in uh, in the championship for sure. So um, Leeds deserves. I I left them off too because they uh, they I wouldn't. There's nothing that they have that I would I would wish my enemy to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a player in mind that you that you would that you would uh, you know have as an overpriced star on this club? Uh, yeah. So um, he's actually going to be a mix of two of my favorite clubs uh, in in our series. Um, he is Helder Costa. He's a Portuguese uh, winger who is currently on Leeds um, on loan from Wolves. <sighs> And uh, for me, I, I want to put him here and give – and this is a bit evil and a bit kind of uh, sinister, but give the fans something to kind of get happy about only to know that he's going to leave – he's going to leave uh, at the end of the season. And he's too easy to, to keep hold of. Um, he belongs in the Prem and, and doesn't have any interest playing in the championship, especially for corrupt owners – um, especially for you know uh, a fan base that is disgruntled and, and hates everything, uh, and then in a stadium that has no character, um, he's a guy that they just they can't keep, they can't have. Um, you know, he's he's young-ish, twenty-five, twenty-six, and has a pretty bright future. Okay. Yeah. So I, you 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 could probably speak more to this guy than I can, but. It feels like if you really want your nightmare enemy club to have some sort of hope that will never be uh, uh, really kind of seen through or felt, you have to give them Theo Walcott. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, Just he's still, the guy feels like he should be 45 years old. He's 30 years old. Um, he, He feels to me like a guy who never fully reached his potential um mm-hmm. but is still young enough and 
athletic enough and skilled enough to tempt a fan base to think that he is going to get it right. Um, he is currently playing for Everton. He left Arsenal uh, after he was there for 12 years. Um, so I would, I would, I would gladly stick my enemy with Theo Walcott for, for the schadenfreude of watching them hope he'll be great. And he just won't be. Yeah. I, I mean that that's, that's a great choice. I, I have respect and appreciation for what he's given the club at Arsenal, but this is a man who, you know, who, who donned on the, the, the coveted, the, the prized, um, the prestigious number 14 at Arsenal. And I don't know, like you don't put on that jersey just for nothing at Arsenal. 14 is kind of sacred um, for a lot of reasons, and it, it means a lot when you put it on. So he put it on really young um, and just couldn't stay on sides, literally was off sides <laughs> another player in Arsenal um, for a lot of seasons. This is the man who held out for a contract, uh, $120,000 a week, wanted to play center forward, but just never got it done for us. Um, super fast, incredibly fast, and had, had so much promise, but just never panned out. Um, you know, and, and towards his later years at Arsenal, he was focused a bit much more on, on his haircut uh, and kind of the aesthetic of being a striker rather than actually being a striker. Um, so so yeah. he he had 270 appearances for Arsenal. Yeah. But guess how many goals he scored? Oh, he's under 50? Uh, it's pretty close. It is 65. 65, yeah. I mean, he started his career at Arsenal at a young, young age. He was coming up with, you know, life of Seth Fabregas and kind of that younger class. Yeah, he, he he was 17 in 2006, so he was a 17-year-old with Arsenal. He was the youngest player to ever uh, play a game for England. He was 17 years and 75 days old. He was the BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year, um, which I don't even know what that means. But no. it's beyond soccer, so you know they're looking at just who the young athletes are in England. So you're probably looking at I don't know, soccer and rugby and track and field and I don't know, cricket. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you know who actually could also be an honorable mention or even a, a, a top candidate for this nightmare club is uh, Jack Rodwell, who plays right now at Sheffield United. And if you haven't seen the, the doc series, uh, Sunderland Till I Die, um, it will tell you a lot about who Jack Rodwell is. This guy sat at a club on on exorbitant wages uh when his club were going down uh when his club couldn't afford to pay their players and he didn't play this man just sat out uh would kind of feign injury would make things up um and just and sit out uh training sessions and matches and not play and he just collected money um uh for for a long time uh without doing much work and the fans hated him for it. The fans wanted him out, and he just stayed. Um, he was on Premier League money at a club that was uh, fighting relegation um, after already being relegated. And yeah, so uh, another just plug to dude. watch a, a great uh, is Sunderland Till I Die, and Jack Rodwell is is not a guy that you want in the in the club, especially if if you're 
if you're nightmare nightmare club with Venkies as your owners. That's a that's a Netflix show, right? Or Netflix series, I think. Is it Netflix or Amazon? It's it's one of the two. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, right, uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix. Right. It's sad. It's really really sad, but um, definitely eye opening and, and definitely shows you a darker side of what it means to be a fan of of, uh, of a team in England. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right. Any any last thoughts before we uh, sign off here? Uh, just I, I apologize. I, I mean, no insult or disrespect <laughs> to any of these clubs or, or fans. Um, but the reality is a reality, and and these things, you know, these elements of of each club featured here on this list don't look good. So our next podcast, we are going to build a team using only players from these ten teams. Um, so we've talked we've talked a little bit about the plan for it. So we'll have a, a salary cap, and we'll we'll kind of start the pod with a list of guys that we would like to have on the team under budget, and we'll go back and forth and build a build a starting eleven. So I'm looking forward to doing that one too, and that will require some some research yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah it'll be good so that'll be our next one um thanks everybody for listening ba thanks for joining me and uh we'll talk to you soon cool thank you